You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Friends, thank you for joining me today for another episode of Life Repurposed. It is a beautiful sunny day in northern Wisconsin, and we have the kind of weather here where it might be hot and humid one day and breezy and cool another, so I just love the variety that we have here. One of the things that our family has done over the years is that we've made a lot of memories camping. There are a lot of state parks, a lot of campgrounds, things in our area where we can go, and even within a six-hour drive or so, there is just an unlimited number of things that we can do for recreation. Over the years, our family made a lot of memories camping because it was one of the most reasonable ways to take several family vacations during the summer, and it was really just the cost of the campsite, packing up a bunch of food and taking everything with, and then we'd spend a weekend there. So every time my husband had a weekend off from work, we would try to get away. Oftentimes, we would leave Wisconsin and go to northern Minnesota, where a lot of the parks include waterfalls and hiking trails. Yes, there are those in Wisconsin, too, but we just love the north shore of Lake Superior. The camping part, I don't think I've ever loved it as much as my guys. So being the only girl in a family of guys with two sons and my husband, they prefer things a lot more rustic. Recently, they were on a trip to the Minnesota Boundary Waters, which is a wilderness canoe area where there is no cell phone service and they are really rustic. Like there's no bathrooms, there's no electricity. They had a little trouble when they were there and the day they were supposed to come out, there was a tropical storm in the upper Midwest, which has, it's a really rare thing. It came up from Texas, went straight north, and so we had winds and rain and everything, and so it also affected Minnesota where they were. So the waves on the lake where they needed to canoe out to get home were so high that after a very short attempt at canoeing out, they realized they could not do it, so they pitched their tent again and stayed until evening until the winds died down. But meanwhile, I was waiting at home along with the wives of our two sons, our daughters-in-law, and wondering, with based on the winds and the weather, are they going to be able to canoe out today? We just have no way of knowing. Fortunately, they came across another group of campers who had a satellite phone, and a kind person was able to send me a brief text message that let me know they were okay and they were waiting out the winds. So anyway, that is not my kind of camping. Even the kind of camping we did with a pop-up camper and staying where there were bathrooms that had electricity in the bathroom and flush toilets and stuff like that, its even that's not my favorite. It seems to me there's something really backwards about loading up gear and driving for six hours, like from where we used to live to head to northern Minnesota. It was probably a six-hour drive with small children at the time. We would set up our tent camper, which took several hours because it was just a rustic tin can, essentially. (laughs) I'll tell you about that in a second. Some aspects of real life appeal to me, like showers and running water and air conditioning and my curling iron and my dishwasher. And camping has none of those things. So all that work and then all the other things that we have to do to accommodate things we don't have. I like flush toilets very, very much. And so I typically choose places to camp where there are showers and flush toilets. 
I'm sounding, I know, a lot like a sissy, but that's just the way it works for me. So back in those days, we had this pop-up camper. It was something my grandparents owned when I was an infant, so it had been around a long time, even before that. It was just a little metal box, essentially, with two boards that flip out, one on each side, and then you string up a series of poles and then pop this musty-smelling big piece of tent over the top. So essentially, it's off the ground. Each side has a double bed with a foam mattress, but that's it. There's no kitchen. There's no table. (laughs) It's just a little box off the ground with two beds in it. But that was how we camped. We would set that up and we would put the big blue tarp over the top because the canvas was so old that it leaked. So there we were, this awkward looking, very old pop-up camper with a blue tarp over the top, and we'd set up at the state parks. I know that this camper was an antique already then because we have a cousin who owns one similar, owned one similar, and they saw a model like it at the Smithsonian. So it is a legend. We camped with the kids in that thing. So on one of our trips, we went to the St. Croix River, which is a river between Wisconsin and Minnesota. Beautiful park with hiking trails in both states and a sandy beach on the Wisconsin side with a little swimming spot for the kids. So it was like the perfect thing. We pulled in, we started setting up, and um, Phil was working on getting the camper part set up. But then I always like to do this greenhouse where I get, you know, you make your kitchen away from home. So you set this greenhouse up and you get your little plastic dish pan and you get the camp stove and all that stuff set up. So I was working on that stuff and putting the lawn chairs around the fire pit, you know, like making a little home there at the state park. So I was about to put the plastic tablecloth over the picnic table when a fuzzy worm inched its way across the middle of the table. And I don't like bugs. I don't like worms. I don't like any of that. So one is okay. You know, I can handle it. It startles me and then I move past. But then I noticed another one. And then I saw there was one on the bench. And I looked over to say something to Phil, like, what in the world? And there was one on the camper. And suddenly I realized that I had not really noticed my surroundings as I had been making a home here at the campsite. And there were these little crawling caterpillars all over the place. And then I noticed they were in the trees and they were, some of them were even on little strings coming, you know, little webs coming down from the tree. So like big fuzzy green raindrops, tent caterpillars were falling from the trees. So I got in the Jeep, I screamed like a girl, I got in the Jeep and I said, I'm not coming out. I'm staying in here the whole weekend. So then Phil talked me out of there and he explained, you know, it's like, this is a season. These things, you know, every so many years, tent caterpillars take over and they actually strip the woods bare of greenery. There are that many of them sometimes. It's like a plague in some areas. But I didn't know this was the year. Anyway, he suggested we go to Walmart and... Uh, Actually, I think I suggested we go to Walmart because I saw one a few miles back on the way and I said, I need to go and buy a hat because at least if I'm wearing a wide-brimmed safari hat, I don't have to deal with these things. I don't want these, my exact words were, I don't want these stupid worms in my hair. So I did get through that weekend. There were mornings where uh, we had, it was like a three-day camping trip and each morning I'd lie in bed and 
you the sun would be shining and then I'd see the shadows and the silhouettes of the little worms crawling on top of the blue tarp above us. And it wasn't the most pleasant trip, but I made the most of it. And uh, camping really is something that has pushed me out of my comfort zone and helped me to really work on my attitude. So I want to share a little bit about what that type of life experience can mean for us in terms of having a life that's repurposed. So I said camping pushes me outside of my comfort zone, like way outside of it. In fact, I will sometimes get in the car and drive to another area of the campground if it means that they have flush toilets over there and we're camping in the area where there are only the pit toilets. So that's how much of a baby I am when it comes. But I've realized that over the years, the many, many camping trips that we've taken with the kids have taught me so much about how to adjust my attitude in circumstances that are less than ideal. So I want to give you a couple of pointers, the five things that I've learned that have helped me from just this recreational experience to learn some life lessons. The first one is in comparing life to camping, it's hard work. Camping is hard work. Life is hard work. So when I think back to the years when I had little children and I had stinky diapers and piles of laundry and runny noses and spit up and colicky babies, all of that is hard work. And when they got older, there were new phases of parenting that were hard work. Marriage is hard work. A paycheck and contact with intelligent adults sounded appealing to me when I was debating on leaving my job and staying home with the kids, but we decided that my being home was important to our family. So I stayed the course when it was really hard to be a stay-at-home mom. And that was a hard thing with our marriage too. It's work. And so there are many things about that, that just the idea of camping being hard work is a lot like just real life in a different way. And with marriage being hard work, I, my husband, I have a book coming out soon that I want to mention. It's called Classic Marriage, Staying in Love as Your Odometer Climbs. So I'll be talking about that in coming episodes and even inviting my husband to come on an episode with me. The second thing that I've learned from this metaphor of camping in life is that worms fall sometimes. Now, in camping, it was literal, but in life, it's, it's a symbol. Life doesn't always go the way we planned. Sometimes we have the perfect scene all planned in our minds, and then these figurative worms start to fall from the trees. Life isn't always ideal at all. We face circumstances that feel awful when we're in the midst of it. And first we might cower and climb in the Jeep, but then we figure out a way to cope and get through it. So I know some of you that are listening are going through something in life where this was not expected. You were setting up a beautiful scene. It was going to be peaceful. You were going to camp out there and make this home. And then something came along, trials, disappointments, and difficulties. And those things come along and interrupt the perfect scenario that we have. The Bible doesn't say if we face problems. It says when, whenever it talks about them. But it also says we're never alone. There's a passage from the prophet Isaiah where he said, When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. And when he says this, he's speaking the words of God. And so he's giving a message to the people. So God is saying through Isaiah, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. 
When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I find hope in those words from the Lord, just knowing that there is going to be difficulty in life and there's always going to have to be a different plan when those come along. The third thing that I have learned from camping is that making do with less leads to contentment. There isn't anything sinful about being a devoted Christian and enjoying the comforts of life. But when we learn to make do with less than what we need, we can grow spiritually. When we go camping, part of the adventure is functioning without the ease of modern conveniences. So instead of having every utensil known to modern woman in a kitchen drawer, we learn to cook an entire meal with one big stirring spoon and two aluminum pots that stick like crazy. There's a sense of satisfaction in being able to do without and figuring out like when you forget the pancake flipper that you can actually flip them with the fork. (laughs) I find that it's mentally relaxing to experience the simplicity of living from one duffel bag for a weekend, even though that's not the way I would want to live all the time. There is something fun about making do, and it becomes a challenge. And life is that way too. So if we can make do with less than what we think we need, we can actually grow and become um, more spiritually mature people and more um, just solid emotionally too when we learn to adapt that way. The fourth thing I've learned is that we have to stick together. When we camp, we work as a team to set up the site. We cook meals over our little Coleman stove together. We work together to get to the top of the hill when the guys are way ahead and mom is lagging behind. It's usually me. We stay together and everyone encourages the one who's falling behind saying, you can do it. Too often in regular life, we run around and do our own thing and we don't notice that one member of the family or one friend in our group needs extra help. I've seen this happen even in circles of friends at church where I haven't connected with someone for a while and I assume that they're attending the other service because I go to a church that has three services or with COVID-19, people are all at home and so we don't really see each other and we don't know what's going on in their lives. And I I discovered one time that a friend who I had assumed was just attending a different service was actually going through a really difficult time and her husband was in the hospital. I didn't even know it. So it reminds me that we have to stick together and check up on each other, just like when we are hiking on a trail or setting up camp. So we're drawing from each other. We're encouraging one another. And sometimes we're the one that's encouraging someone else. And sometimes they're the ones encouraging us. But in life, we stick together. I wanted to just say, too, that this is so important, especially during this time when there's a lot of unrest in political things, in opinions about how to look at the world, and there are just so many opportunities to disagree. And so it's really important for us to remember that we need to stick together, that we're all on this journey together. The last fifth thing that I learned is that camping is temporary. This is a lesson for me in life because I have to remember when I'm out there that I can I can survive for three days without the comforts of home. And in life, I have to remember that I'm really just camping here on earth, that God has put me here for a limited amount of time. And he says, you're going to be here for a while and that's life. But he has something so much better planned 
so much more beautiful and so much more glorious than this primitive shelter that we live in here. Even if you have a beautiful home, heaven is better. So it's like the ultimate trade-up, this flawed earthly existence for a forever home in heaven's glory. And so I have to remember that this world is not my home and that I'm here for a while, but God has a bigger picture and that the end here is not the end. And that changes how we live. If we live in such a way that we're living for the longer goal and not for the short term, it changes how we approach people. It changes how we uh, do ministry. It changes a lot of things. It changes our goals and our values and everything because we're thinking about a longer term, bigger picture. So those are five things that I have found in life lessons from camping. Stay with me as I leave you with a resource. So today is going to be a shameless plug for my own book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure. The stories that I have just shared with you are pulled from a chapter in that book. And that book is a look at some of the experiences that I've gone through in life with some spiritual application, little takeaways to apply to your own life, and even some uh, personal reflection questions at the end and some activities you can do to help you process through some of the ideas that I talk about in each chapter. That book also has a small group Bible study workbook for women, and those are available on Amazon and places where books are sold. So I will have a link in the show notes to michellerayburn.com slash 46, where you can find out more about the book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, and the small group study that goes with it. So I enjoyed chatting with you. If you're someone who's out there camping, I'd love to hear your stories of adventure. I have a feeling some of you are way more rustic than I am. And so you've probably seen some beautiful places because those are accessible only when you're willing to camp without bathrooms. So I'm missing out, I know, on some of the beautiful things out there. Thank you so much for listening to me share my heart today. I will see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.